It is very early on a Tuesday morning and there's only one person that I would get up this early in the morning for. And that is my vet because I love her. Dr. Marika Viem is on Zoom with me because we're going to talk all about animals and animal safety and how we can be better animal parents this December holidays. Hello, doctor. How are you? Good morning. Morning, Danny. It's great to hear a voice so early. <laughs> it doesn't always sound this this rough, though. I, I haven't warmed up or anything yet. I just, I literally got up in my socks and my pajamas and I kind of, I like, walked around 600 dogs to the kettle to try and find where it was to put it on this morning. Well, um, I'm too coffee behind already. <laughs> oh, wow. I was just going to ask you. So the, the life of a vet, um, we'll get into that, but it must be crazy because I know what kind of hours you run at the practice and how, how much you work and and then you're getting up at this time to do like it's just a lot. Anyway, so Dr. Marika, tell me a little bit about you. Where did you start? Why did you want to become a vet? Where did you study? Like all of the things that we don't know about you. Well, um, strangely enough, I never planned staying in Gauteng. Um, but that's the thing about life. You can't always plan everything. Um, and it's sometimes it's better just to, sometimes there's a better plan for us than, than planning things out. Um, I actually grew up on a farm in the Free State, quite close to Lesotho. Um, you're on love, farm love, um, just your nice humble beginning. And I think you know, that's, that's, that's what I enjoyed most about farm life. It's just humble and it's simple. Um, but you know, I grew up on a farm and you know, I think like that passion just to try and help animals better. And um, you know, m- managed to get into vet school um, and studied at owner support at um, owner support campus of the University of Pretoria and then qualified 2010. Wow. So when you were growing up on a farm, you were obviously surrounded by loads of animals and like lots of like wildlife, I would assume on that side of the world. Is that where this was born out of this love for like wanting to help and save and fix and heal? You're not, um, and um, you're, I actually have two brothers and they were always like playing together and I was this girl on my own. So I always played with the dogs. So the dogs were always my best friends. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> So Dr. Viem took over a practice in my very small town of Brackman. I'm really glad that you're here, just by the way. I know that it's not the same as a farm, but it's kind of the same kind of people. And we're very down to earth and loving people. But um, Dr. Viem took over in about 2016. And since then, she has definitely gone from strength to strength. And so I, when I was thinking about holiday content, Dr., I was, I was looking at the things that we need to to focus on this December holiday. Some of us are going away. Some of us are staying home. But what we don't realize is for the last, what, 100 days or so, we've all been at home with our dogs. Now, either we're going to leave them or we're going to put them in the car or we're all going to still be at home instead, but we're going to be eating and drinking and swimming. So I wanted to chat to you a little bit around the things that we can and can't do, the things that we should and shouldn't do. So first things first, if we are traveling with our dogs, are there do's and don'ts that we should adhere to to make the journey better for both of us? Well, I think just basic things for the same band, also just for traveling, is just making sure your dog's like protected for the basics, immunized and protect against ticks and fleas. It's the rainy season and there's so much ticks going around and like tick bite fever is such a horrible preventable disease. And I think that's the main thing. Like prevention is better than cure. And also immunizing, especially here in Gauteng. We, love, we live in this bubble, but there in the rural areas, rabies is such a reality. And it, everyone thinks rabies is so far, but 
vaccinating dogs and making sure they immunized also protects children. Rabies is a reality. It comes in from the neighboring countries, from Mozambique and from Lesotho. And if there's an animal that's out there that's rabbit, the disease can spread quite quickly. And then if you travel and you pick up a little stray puppy with a horrible disease, your animals are at risk. And more than that your animals are at risk, you're risking a child's life or your own life and making sure they're immunized. I think people always go with the concept that, oh, my dog said his puppy vaccination is fine, but your rabies is such a horrible disease and rabies is, is a reality, even though you're in our bubble, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I didn't know. Actually, I'm in the bubble because I didn't know that. So with regards to vaccinations, obviously, puppy vaccinations are important, but then we shouldn't forget about them. We should definitely keep them up. Especially with the rainy season. Parva is such a bad disease. If you, you, you Puppies really need to be really well immunized. I always joke, it's easy now with corona, with people understanding viruses a bit better, but corona dies easy. Spray it and you disinfect and you take precaution. But parvo is such a horrible disease. You really have to super immunize those babies that they don't get the disease, especially December. It's rainy season. Everyone's getting puppies. Just make sure that little fur balls vaccinated because getting that disease, it's so, so sad to see them having those terrible symptoms. You know, doctor, that was actually one of the things that I didn't put on the questions, but I saw posts yesterday going out from all of the animal welfares about giving puppies to kids for Christmas. And this is something that I'm not a fan of, um, but I know that it's going to happen. How are, so other than obviously immunizing, other than obviously tick and fleeing and making sure we get a, a healthy, happy puppy, um, how are we making sure that we're looking after this puppy and, and, and like, maybe you can explain what it's like to have a puppy in December with a kid, um, so that these puppies don't end up in a welfare or an organization or worse. Well, I think it's just, I think it's a great way to teach someone to be responsible and to make responsible decisions because, um, especially children, they're not aware of anyone else besides themselves, um, unless you've got this unique child. But the, the puppy is completely dependent on you. And every decision you make, you have to take care of it. It can't fend for itself. And teaching it the right things first, not letting them getting away with murder and having a great day and sleeping on your bed kind of effect. And then eventually it's going to weigh 70 kilograms and you won't have space on your bed. Just thinking and just being responsible. Something silly like the slippers. If you leave your slippers around and it's fine, like eating the slipper now, tomorrow you're not going to understand why it's running around with all your shoes and you're going to be upset with it, but you, you taught it. And just being responsible. I think that's just making responsible decisions and understanding that that little body is completely dependent on you. And they they imprint, they also imprint so 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 early. Like everything you teach them in the beginning, it's like a child. Everything you teach them, if you make them used to like touching their toes and touching their tails and bathing them, it's things they're going to be used to. So they imprint early, and it's imprinting the right things into them and being responsible. Feel I feel personally attacked because I share my bed with sometimes five dogs at the same time. Um, but that's okay because they give me joy and they have well, been, and we've tried, we've tried, but because we adopted late, um, 
they they just came in and they were like, oh, you sleep on the bed. I can sleep on the bed too. So now we all sleep on the bed. <laughs> we also have a big, big bed with a, with like with a lot of lot of fur babies in our beds. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's making understanding that if you make the decision now, you can't change it. They're not going to understand it. Like one day, now I can't sleep on the bed anymore. Yeah. So if you if it's you have, you have to you have to stick to the rules. Yeah, and <laughs> con- consistency with puppies. This is so true. Consistency. It 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 really does make a difference. Um, we recently got a puppy after many years of not having one, and it has thrown this house into disarray and reach relearning how to train and relearning how to puppy train and socialize. And it's just been a lot. So I'm just going to tell you that I personally, as a 35 year old, very old person, I would 100% like rather go and adopt an older dog than a puppy. I feel like puppies are cute and wonderful and lovely. Um, but older dogs are so much easier. I know I shouldn't say that. Sorry. Especially Roxy. She's such a sweetheart. (laughs) You see Roxy's been at the doctor already. Hey, see how vaccinated. (laughs) Okay, so um, speaking of Roxy, when we were at the doctor, um, we were given some sunblock because Roxy has a bump on her nose that we're kind of monitoring. And now Roxy wears sunblock every day. And I looked at Dr. Vim and I was like, am I going to be this person that's taking my dogs to the pool and sunblocking them? And she was like, yes, you are. So tell me, dogs also need sunblock, just like our kids. I think especially we, we, everyone likes the, the bizarre um, and, and special and um, the I mean the bulldogs the the, the, the uglier are the prettier they are <laughs> um, but we, they also they also have quite a lot of like uh, flaws um, because they've got so little pigments and they've got these little white faces and we all love the white bull terriers and the beautiful white patch over their eyes but it means their little eyes burn in the sun the whole time or they've got these little white tummies and they like sunbathing for who knows what reason they lie there and they bathe in the sun with those little white tummies and then they get the skin cancer next to their next to their peep peeps and um it's it's horrible and eventually you can't do anything about it and same thing about puppies and um what you teach them early becomes becomes normal and also it becomes your normal. If you put that sunblock on since, since they're babies and they're used to the routine, you get used to the routine and it becomes a good habit, then they don't sunburn when they lie there bathing in the sun with their, with, their, with their tummies exposed. And also, obviously, if you have a dog with a white or light-colored um, nose... Not the yes. end, not the tip of the nose, but the actual bridge of the nose for normal people speak. I know vets have another name for it probably, but that's where you need to be sunblocking. And I never knew this. And we have now three dogs with super, super light coloring there. And we're all getting sunblock at this point because we, we can't afford chemo and all of the things that go with it. So rather invest in a little bit of sunblock and save yourself that cost right at the end. And also like the suffering and the pain and the needles and the vets and all of the stuff. So I, I do agree that it's, it's really, really necessary. Especially with the immunization as well. If you I know it's, 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 it's a lot of money to immunize, but the amount of suffering those babies go through if they get like those viruses and you could have prevented it. Prevention better than cure. Mm. Like biliary as well, or to see them suffer and go yellow and and feel like they're dying inside and it, it's preventable. All Most of these things are preventable, but speaking of some of the things that we can do as humans, right? I know that you constantly tell us there are things that dogs and cats should not eat, right? We get told this all the time and we kind of go, 
yeah, that'll be fun. And then we give them treats. Are there things that are hard no's, like they will die if they eat it this Christmas? I think the hard no is something like xylitol. I don't think, I think everyone being so health conscious, there's so many treats that's getting artificial sweetness. I mean, even like, like for instance, the, the cool drinks, they're, they're dropping the sugar and everyone's so sugar conscious and health conscious um, that there's less and less sugar and everyone's moving to more healthy products. Um, xylitol and those artificial sweeteners are killers. They're like, they're horrible. And I mean, it's not even like, oh, they ate a cookie. It's like they can't even eat like an eighth of a cookie and they'll, they'll, they'll die. Um, they, their bodies can't, can't metabolize the product. Um, it's, it's, it's really bad for them. Um, their sugar drops so low that they'll go in a complete coma. Um, not even a touch. If I'd say like if there's the biggest no is like be so cautious and make sure that if you do give your pet a treat, rather do a, a dog treat than doing um, a, a human product with these horrible artificial sweeteners in that's, that's, that's killers to dogs. Also, I really feel like if we're looking at the labels for the dogs and if it's so bad for our dogs, then maybe we shouldn't be eating it either. But that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't comment on that. That's not my field. I know. I, you know what I'm going to, I know that a lot of people say this, but when I get sick, I always first say, can we please go to the vet? Because I really trust you with my children. And then I feel like I can trust you more with me. <laughs> I've never done it. I'm just going to say I've never done it and I never will, but I always suggest it. <laughs> Obviously now this is the time when a lot of um, people are going away and a lot of people are leaving their dogs behind. If we're leaving our dogs behind to go to the sea or to go to the farm or wherever we're going, what are the steps that we should take to make sure that our dogs are fine? So someone's going to come and feed them and make sure they have water. But are there other things that we can do to maybe um, stimulate them or something? I don't know. Well, I think it's just choosing someone that's that's reliable and um, that would really take care of them and someone that knows what to look out for. That's the thing. We know our animals best. And I think the main thing is choosing someone that's responsible because whenever someone comes into the practice, if they say, my dog's not right, pet mommies and daddies know their dogs and kitties best. And with someone coming in, it's someone knowing that it's someone reliable that pick up if something isn't right. And then also just keeping them comfortable and in their normal environments and not leaving things around that can potentially hurt them, just keeping the environment safe. And then if we find a dog or a cat while we're staying at home, what do we do? Where do we take them? Can we just keep them forever? (laughs) Well, firstly, the first thing is it's being responsible and taking that animal in, also being responsible if you have dogs and cats. I think that would be the main thing. I'd really not... Just take it home and just introduce it to, to your your dogs and cats because they might have been exposed to something like parvovirus. And it might be a puppy that's really crampy and just sitting there in the streets and not feeling good and it's actually very sick. Rather, if you pick a little dog or a cat up, just keeping it separate from the others. Also, imagine that little body, how overwhelmed it's going to feel when someone completely foreign picks them up and puts them with all these other dogs and cats they've never met. You'll find that one that will just jump in and laugh and run around with everyone. But just like people, they also have personalities. They might really be even more stressed just being thrown into this pack of other dogs and cats. Yeah. Um, I'd personally say to keep them separate, um, maybe in a bathroom, giving them some food and something simple to eat that's not too foreign on, on their digestive systems either. Because, I mean, 
they might be used to scavenging. And that's also something. Now you bring this little dog and it might have this terrible diarrhea on, on your lawn and then your dogs and cats might be exposed to, to parasites. Mm. We mean to do well, but there's more to it. There's more risks and there are consequences. Rather to keep them separate, then they feel calmer and your your animals aren't exposed. If they find them and eventually you've gone through the waiting period and you've taken them to the vet, have had them scanned, made sure that they don't have a microchip, you've contacted all the rescue societies, notifying everyone and office stray that you've picked up and trying to find the owner. Then if eventually a waiting period's gone past, being clear of disease, then only put them with your animals and keep an eye out for, for their true moms and dads or then taking them to a society that can keep them safe we all pray their moms and dads find them again. Very good points. I would be the person that would just bring them home and just shove them into the house, not thinking of my own dogs, but also not thinking about, oh my gosh, shame, poor them. Like my house is chaos. I would not like to be the, the, the one outsider in this mess. Like everyone kind of has the rhythm, but I think from the outside, it must look quite terrifying. So... Mm. If our dog and cats get sick at this time of the year, obviously vet is first priority, but say it's 12 o'clock at night, we can't afford to go to the emergency vet. We've got to wait for our vet. What are we doing to make sure that the, our dog or cat who is maybe vomiting, maybe they have diarrhea, maybe they're just listless or not good. Like when is an emergency emergency that we need to, to, to go to the emergency vet and, and when like what can we do if it's not emergency emergency um, to keep them calm, keep them happy until tomorrow morning? The saying that says prevention is better than cure. And also, um, if you see something early, act early. If you see in the morning, they, they're really not themselves and they're really not eating and they're really just lying there in the corner and they're shivering, rather act early. Then don't, don't wait for that crisis and that emergency at night and then they're vomiting throughout the night. Rather act early. And I think it's it's so tough because in the economic climate that we're in, like everyone's so tight. But um rather acting early because that's the main thing. The the longer you leave it, the worse it's gonna get and and then they're more likely going to need the drip and need to stay in hospital because they've been dehydrated and they've been vomiting so badly. Really act early. And also then that whole thing about prevention, rather buy them that tick or flea tablet or wash them with a shampoo for ticks and fleas, prevent them from getting it. Because with all this rain, it's rainy season, ticks are reality. I I didn't realize that ticks came with seasons. I, I know that that's really silly to say when I have so many dogs, but we just keep everyone tick, tick dipped and ready to go year round. But um, recently with Flea being out and about so much, she, I think, has has been exposed more than my other dogs have. And so we found ticks on Flea for the first time, I think, since we got her. And that was kind of scary because she sleeps on my bed and I also don't want to get tick bite fever, but I don't want her to get anything either. So I, I have to just speak into what doctor is saying here. You need to to dip and to to, to spend that little bit of money because I can promise you, you never want to see your dog that sick ever. And you don't want to be that sick. That's ugly sick to get tick bite fever. It's going to cost you a lot less money if you prevent it than you wait for it to happen. Yeah. Other than the ticks, other than the parvo, um, eating xylitol is a no-no. Rather get our dogs some doggy treats or maybe some some 
Can they eat biltong? There's a lot of salt in biltong. Dogs are, I mean, you can do like, oh, it's like that movie, a tiny piece of cheese. It's a tiny piece. <laughs> They're really so little. <laughs> they they're so much smaller than us and like it's so much calories if you give them our portions and their portions aren't the same that's the thing that's how they get so fat and overweight and then they get the diabetes and all these terrible conditions mm. a tiny piece but there's so much salt in built on animals aren't designed to take so much salt in they're not supposed to eat from the christmas table there's the raisins there's the chocolates there's the christmas crackers rather do you really want to spoil them a little piece of chicken that's plain and boiled um, and try stick to the chicken because something like the pork on the Christmas table, the, the porks, it's so rich for them. I mean, you can give them a piece of pork, they're going to end up having a really bad diarrhea and you're going to have that one little baby that's going to be, that liver's going to be so overwhelmed, its pancreas is going to be overwhelmed, they're going to be horribly sick. Stay away from these rich, rich things that we like to eat over Christmas. Tiny piece of cheese. Or little piece of chicken <laughs> if you really want to spoil them, but mm. but they should stay away from anything we're eating over Christmas, especially not hopefully we're not eating the Christmas crackers, only what's inside the crackers, <laughs> but um also all the decorations and all of that. Yeah. You know, you know, we I know that in my house someone's gonna eat a Christmas cracker. So I'm just gonna say this straight up front. Someone will eat a Christmas cracker. I think someone's already eaten a Christmas decoration, but we're fine. We're all still here, we're all still fine. But it's so funny that you say this. The more that you're saying this, Doctor, the more I'm thinking we shouldn't be eating this either then. I know our bodies <laughs> metabolize differently, but if it's so bad for our dogs, then surely we should be reevaluating the food that we're eating. Or just the portion. Let's then stick to the portions, at least Christmas. Okay. <laughs> we'll be better over Christmas. <laughs> okay. So I think we've covered all of our bases. Um, uh, there was one question that I wanted to ask you, and I think, I think it's, it's, we're, you're going to change it up a little bit because being a vet, right, it's, it's not an easy task. You guys study for 100 years, um, and then you go and you save animals forever at all hours of the day or night, but it's not always fun and games, and it's sometimes really, really sad. Um, for little little ones, future vets that are listening, maybe future, I don't know, animal animal welfare or rescue or dog trainers or just someone who wants to work with animals. Do you have a message of, I don't know, do this, don't do this, do something else? I don't know. Just in just in general with like that whole statement about vets and working so hard, um, just I think just for message for people out there. Um, I think sometimes you walk into that vet room and that, that vet's like giving you a real death stare because you ended up giving your dog a whole bag of something to eat that it shouldn't have eaten. But vets just want the best for your pets as well. Yeah. And I think I think we're so task orientated and we really want to get the job done to the ultimate best that um, you're sometimes that that seeing that animal parents like being so distressed about their pet flies out the window because all we see is that poor little baby that's just suffering that's having these terrible cramps because someone did something silly we just want the best for your pet um and um, just seeing that side as well and just think um for most people want to work so hard and um, want to do the best and want to take care of the animals. And I think that's what most children's hearts are as well, trying to study, study vet or wanting to take care of animals. And it comes back to that whole thing about being a responsible person. What, whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability and, and be responsible for children out there. Just if you have a dream, 
just keep working hard at it. The right door will open and things will work out, but it's putting that effort in. And it's, there was a first year, um, there was an old varsity prof that he put the statement out there. And it's a Latin statement that says, labor omnia vincit. And he said for all of us, and he was so motivating for studying hard. And he said, Hard work conquers everything. Hard work conquers all. And it's just just putting it in and just keep working hard. Keep swimming. You'll get there. Even though I sometimes feel that that river is so wide. Very wise words from someone who is actually very, very wise. And I just want to also say on, on your whole, like, um, understand that the vet's there for the animals. If you have a vet, you need to be super happy that your vet is a dog people and not a people people because that's what your vet's actually there for. Um, your vet's not there to to talk to you and to laugh with you. Your vet's there to help your dog. And I think if if you want a happy, friendly vet, then you should have a happy, friendly dog. We're really there to keep them happy and healthy. And that's what we're there for. We're there for keeping the pets happy and healthy and and it's it's keeping our family members happy and healthy and it's being there for you when when you're going through that really rough stage and it's so sad mm-hmm. and it's just being there and just trying to make that little fur baby's life so comfortable as possible and we can't always do miracles and we can't always cure the uncurable but it's 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 just caring for them and um yeah caring it's so much. Uh, Dr. Marika tried to do miracles for, for us and Churchill. Um, and in the end, it wasn't possible, but we really did try. And she tried everything in the world. And I think we all need to have a think about the people that are working with animals this Christmas, because this is a really rough time over Christmas. A lot of people mm-hmm. going away. A lot of animals are being stray. Um, a lot of rescues and welfare organizations are overwhelmed. Um, and I think this this is the time of year where we need to maybe say a little extra thank you to all of our, our champions in animal in the animal world, but especially our vets. So Dr. Marika, from the painters and from the Jacaranda Family Love Songs family, we want to say thank you to you and we love you very much. Thanks, Danny. <laughs>